Every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. So I'm going to go straight into service, my sermon. So don't wait for me to wind up. You know, you're waiting. You'll soon get this point. Just kick right into the service right away. You can hear me clearly, can you? All right, you can hear me clearly? Do you have your Bibles with you? Lift up your Bible. Say, this is my Bible. And some of you don't have your Bibles with you. You have your Bibles on your phone. But it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. Lift up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Then I was a neighbor. That's your Bible. You are what it says you are. And you can do what it says you can do. Did your neighbor talk back to you? Your neighbor was just smiling. Your neighbor did not say anything. Bring it down. Your neighbor did not say anything. Look at him because he said, neighbor, if that's your Bible, then you are what it says you are. And you can do what it says you can do. All right, let's celebrate Jesus one more time. Bring it down, please. Bring it down. Yesterday, we, last week we started talking about Jonathan. How many of you enjoyed yesterday's last Sunday service? I mean, I spoke. If you were not in church last Sunday, wave your hands, let me see you. Let me see. Yeah, uh, let me see. Uh, uh, you missed. You missed. We spoke on perhaps. was not a title, but perhaps almost became the title. Perhaps God will save us. I'm going to you try it out on a perhaps this week. Let me see. You try out something you've never done before. Let me sincerely. You came out on a perhaps. How many people came out on a perhaps? How many people confronted the devil? said, devil, if you want to kill me, kill me. It's not possible. You can't even kill me. Nothing can happen. Nothing. Shake it. Let me see your hands. Perhaps. My perhaps people. Let me see your hands. Okay, so you were in church last Sunday. You knew that God is able to save and is not restricted, whether by number, whether it's mighty or not. On Tuesday, we spoke about what if, what is, what if, what if it fails and God says, what is in your hands? What is your hands is God's response to every question you have for self-doubt. All of us have self-doubt at different levels. Everybody at some point in their life will doubt themselves. You're not alone. You're not alone. Everybody in this room today, at some point in their life, doubted whether they could do it, they could achieve it, they could get going, they could stretch, or they couldn't. And everyone who's done something with their lives today are not better than you. They are just bolder than you. Please don't forget that. The people that have run in business, running their business ex- excellently, doing great things in business and finance, doing great things in ministry and their assignment, is not because they are better than you. People are not better. We are not better than each other. We are different from each other. So what's the, the difference is in the quality of courage. God said to Joshua, only be thou courageous. Only be thou courageous. The people say that your life would have been better if only you had just a spice of courage to what you're doing. Someone says spice of courage. They just spice it up with courage. But you're so scared. What if they laugh at me? What if they laugh at me? What if they laugh at me? What if I'm embarrassed? And so you're single because you want to be laughed at. Your eyes is seeing that sister. But you can't go. Why? You, you don't have mind. You don't have chest. Praise the Lord. So that this thing affects us in every way of our life. Even your relationship. And some sisters too. See some brothers. They love. I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm a... Let me preach. Alright, so faith and fear. Faith, not fear. Fear will hold you back. Fear will stop you. If you allow fear, fear will stop you from being everything. All your possibilities in God, fear is going to stop it. What sin could not stop, fear stopped. This point is very critical. I'm not a proponent for sin. Can you hear me? Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not a proponent or a supporter of committing sin. But what what sin could not stop, fear will stop. Let me explain that to you. You remember the Israelites when they left Egypt? You remember them? Remember them? I need feedback, church. You see, if you don't, if you don't talk back, I won't know that you're like some of you. I might think that maybe you're thinking of Momo. So talk back. When I say, do you understand? Talk back. I want to be sure you're here with me. Praise the Lord. So are you here with me? Can your ears be louder? 
Alright, so when they left Egypt, the first bus stop that they reached, as they left Egypt, the first bus stop that they reached, they built a golden calf there. Golden calf. They had already built idol. They have not even, just yesterday they left Egypt. But God saw them from heaven. Forgive them. They kept moving. They got to a point, they started murmuring and complaining against God. They said all kinds of terrible, unprintable things about God. God forgave them. They moved on. It got to a point, they started sleeping with Midianite women. Committing wardom and fornication. All kinds of things. God was very angry with them. Some of them died. But yet, they continued. They kept going. Until they got to the brick of Jordan. And they came back and said, we cannot take the city. When they came back and said, we cannot take that city. We cannot. Give me volume, particularly on the live stream. Particularly on the live stream. Uncle Joe. We cannot take that city. Now, these people committed wardom. These people committed adultery. These people committed idolatry. They committed everything. None of those things that they committed stopped them. When they go to the point and say, we cannot go. God said, yes, you will not go. He said, for we are like grasshoppers before them. So what sin could not stop? Are you following my point now? Fear! God said, me? See, so, so God saw fear as a personal insult. Say, you mean I cannot do it? Hey, then he lost. I swear, you will not go. So what idolatry could not stop? Fear stopped it. So you see, fear looks as if it's a very simple thing. But a lot of people's life are stuck because they are afraid. Fear is the enemy of faith. Why don't you give in church? You're afraid. Afraid you get broke. We ask for a need. We want to do this. We want to do that. Please sow seeds. God is speaking. You know God is speaking to you out. Give that money. You're afraid. You will die. You will die. Is it that money you are breathing? The oxygen you are breathing. Are you sure that tomorrow there will be oxygen in this world? And yet you are breathing everyone for today. You don't have buckets to keep some oxygen. Are you getting my point? What if tomorrow there's no more oxygen? Are you, do you know where the storage of oxygen of this art is? Yet you are breathing everything. <laughs> Why not store some oxygen? You're not. Forgive, you are freed. You might get broke. You come out every day. You are not afraid that the sun will fall on your head. Things happen. People go and they never come back. People down the road, never come back. But you have to go out. When God speaks to you, you fear. Fear. So your financial prosperity is held back because of fear. You will not let go of what is in your hands if the God is calling for it. Right? Today we're talking about faith to be healed. Next week we're talking about faith for finance. Faith. Is us reaching out to appropriate what God has already done. I said that before. Faith is us reaching out to appropriate. Faith does not make God do anything. Faith allows us to have access to what God has already done. So when it comes to healing of our bodies, God already healed us. On the cross, when he died, he already healed our sick, he already healed our sick bodies. Faith and healing are the core for a believer. When I, before I started pastoring, that was my favorite sermon, faith. If you knew me in 2017, 2016, if you knew me, if you had ever been under my administration, I don't preach, I only preach four things. I only preach one prayer. I preach on prayer. I preach on faith. I preach on healing. And I preach on Holy Spirit. That's the only four things I preach on. Everywhere. Everywhere I go. Okay, but I use the platform of God's love to preach on these four. Faith, healing, power, pr- uh, sorry, prayer, Holy Spirit. Everything, the supernatural. Everything, faith. Faith, supernatural. Faith, believing God for miracles, believing God for healings. And that's all I preached for. I use love. And because that was the first expression of God that I had when I gave my life to Christ. God healed me of my sickness. I'm an AA, genotype. People don't agree that I'm AA, but I'm AA. Praise the Lord. I'm AA without the spice of the malaria. Praise the Lord. So I said my... <laughs> I said my genotype is, is Jesus, JG, Jesus genotype. That's what I am. So I'm, I'm an AA without the malaria. So I'm AA, but I don't fall sick. So don't let your genotype be an explanation or excuse for your fever. Are you following my point? So that was my first expression with God, was that he healed me. I used to fall sick every time they carried me to hospital, drip today, drip tomorrow. I'm always falling sick, always falling sick, always falling sick. Until I found contact with God's word. So faith, healing became my most strongest message. Everywhere I went to, I preached on healing, everywhere. Everywhere. If I, on those days on campus, if you are sick and you say, Prophet, please call me, you have to quickly pretend as if you are not sick. 
Because when I come to your room, I'm going to jack you up. My friend, will you get up? How do you allow the devil to knock you down like this? I had no, I, had, I was just like that. Everywhere I preached on faith and healing. That was the only thing I was preaching. If they invite me and say, Pastor Philip, please, can you come and preach on relationship, you know, and um, married people getting married? I'll come and say, listen to me. Sickness is the reason why people are not getting married today. Because SS fell in love with SS, AS fell in love with AS, and today they can't marry. We must combat sickness. That will be everything. I'll not even touch on, I'll not talk on love. It's only sickness. If you invite me to a place to preach on finance or people making money, I can say, sickness is the reason why people are not rich. Because it's, they are using all their money to, to cure sickness. It was as if it was only sickness. You know, that was it. Because that was my first expression of God. That he healed me of my sickness. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Give me amplified version. Do more. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Faith to be healed. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Amplified version. Do you have it? Okay, so read out quickly. Now faith is the assurance. Faith is the assurance. Title deed. The confirmation. Confirmation. The of, confirmation, the title deed. Yes, continue. Of things hoped for. Of things we hope for. Is it amplified or amplified classic? Amplified clean. All right, so what's this? What is the media giving us? Is it amplified classic? Okay, read on, Juma. Let me use yours. Just read on. Divinely guaranteed. Divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen. Is the evidence of things not seen? The conviction of their reality. The conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact. So, faith comprehends as fact. What cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So, faith is calling fact what is not yet experienced by the physical senses. They will tell you that you're sick in your body is a fact. That God has healed you is true. That's okay. But faith still says that it is fact that I'm healed. Now, what media was giving us was Amplified Classic. Because that last line, I know that last line. Give it to us again. That last line. Amplified Classic. The one you gave us just now. That last line. Let's have that last line. It says, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So faith causes this thing that is not yet revealed. Faith causes real. So you are sick in your body right now, but faith says you are healed. You are broke and busted. But faith says, no, you are prosperous. Faith is you know, realized in seeing things as fact that is not yet revealed to the senses. Healing is made available on the cross. And that's what faith says. Faith says you are healed. I went to preach one day on campus, you know, and I went to preach. And I had those funny, funny experiences. In those days, I used to fall sick, you know, even after I believed God for my healing. When, when I believed God for my healing, I, I, I had more attack on my health than I had, even if I believed God for my healing. You have to understand that I taught on Tuesday that in your passages, Satan affects and attacks you. Please listen to this, please. Attacks you most in your passages. The Bible says when Jonathan left, he, he passed through the passage and there was sinner on one side and rocking on one side. The, the critical things of our life is when we are trying to go from here to there. When you have left here and you're your way to there, Satan attacks you the most. If you have stopped watching porn, you want to go to a place you are no longer watching porn. At that middle ground is where the, 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 the battle is the strongest. Are you following my point? At that point, you are trying to not be this anymore. On, on, on your desire to be that, Satan comes at you. It's as though all hell is let loose because you've made a decision. The time you make up, so I'm not going to be poor anymore. I'm going to start, you know, confessing riches, confessing. The poverty will now relax. See? All in the sense to ensure that you change your confession. You have to understand that Satan is trying to get your confession. A lady came to meet me on campus. I, I, I wanted to say a story, Abby. Just remember that I said I wanted to preach somewhere. I will remember that story. I have to say this one. A lady was, <laughs> a lady was, she had breast cancer. And she came to meet me on campus. I was in part three, 300 level. And she said, Philip, you're my last pastor. 311. I said, what? I have lumps in my breast. Diagnosed cancerous lumps. Ah. I said, okay, don't worry. After, after lecture, as I went to the class, God, I'm not going to pray for that guy. Ah. God said, why? I said, breast. <laughs> Anything around that region, I don't go there. <laughs> And God said, what? Is that what you're not going to pray for? I said, I'm not going to pray for her. He said, but she has divulged very confidential information. If you don't pray for her, then she's not going to get healed. And then she has divulged information. Now she's, she's told you a, a problem and she's not healed still. I said, so go on. He said, pray for her. I said, but you must promise me you're going to heal her. I said, I'm going to heal her. You pray for her after the lectures. So I came out. I went to a public place, a passage. You know, the devil comes at our passages. 
So I came, very strong passage. I went to OEU between BOB and BOE. This passage there. So I stayed there. And I held the hands. I said, rebuke cancer now in the name of Jesus. Rebuke now in the name of Jesus. And I prayed for her. And I told her, I said, listen to me. The pain may become more unbearable than it had ever been. And this story, the reason I'm sharing this story is that some of you are going to be passing through this in your life right now. I said, because there was a particular day in Matthew chapter 21, Jesus Christ was coming from the mountain. A boy was sick and they called him, come and pray for this boy. Jesus Christ laid hands on the boy. The Bible says the moment Jesus Christ laid hands on the boy, the boy tore himself, tore his clothes. He became even more violent and laid down as dead. People say, ah, you have killed him. The boy was alive before. Now, you have killed him. Jesus Christ just walked up to the boy, picked him up, and the Bible says he was alive. If Jesus had said, yeah, Mugbe, that boy would just die like that. Are you following my point? So Satan comes for your confession. The moment you start confessing, the moment you start confessing, it comes and begins to make it look as if it's even more intolerable than it was before, just to ensure that you change your confession. So I was going to preach in, my, in one of those rooms on campus, I preached the gospel, and there was, I had a swollen eye. My eye was swollen. I used to have a polo. I used to have all kinds of things. I don't have all those things anymore. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. If you are having consistent kind of sickness, heartache, heartburn, back pain, today is the last day in the name of Jesus. You didn't say a big amen. So I preached and my eye was swollen. And I preached the gospel. And I preached on faith and healing. <laughs> and they looked at my eyes. And at the point I stopped. I said, stop that. All of you. I said, I know you are looking at my eyes. <laughs> you are saying in your mind, physician, heal thyself. I said, if you see me tomorrow and you see this thing, they call me bastard. I walked out the room. When they saw me the next day, it was dried. Completely. One of them said, Ha! Ha! How did you? He said, Can I be following you to your prayer ground? Can I be following you to your prayer? He says, Faith. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. Stop that! You foul devil. Faith speaks. So God already did it. And he says, Faith is to take it as it is. Faith is to take it as it is done. You know that song that says, I have a message for the Lord. Hallelujah. The song. Nobody knows the song. Yes, would you help me? Hallelujah. As the way the serpent was hung in the wilderness. He said, so is the son of man going to be hung. Anyone that looks at him shall be saved. So Israel was being buffeted by sickness and they were eaten by snakes. And God says to it, Moses, mold a snake of brass. Brass is a symbol of judgment. That means God had judged Satan and hung it on a stake. Just the way Jesus will be hung on a stake. The Bible says anyone that looked at the snake was healed of whatsoever they were going through. They didn't have to do anything other than do what? Eh? All they had to do was to look. Now, looking does not kill the snake. Are you following my point? Looking does not kill the snake. And that is why all kinds of disease will remain on this earth until Jesus Christ comes. But looking makes him that is beaten of the snake invulnerable to the bite of that snake. That's why mosquitoes will remain on this earth. They will keep biting people. But not everybody, not, not everybody have malaria. So I know these mosquitoes is the one that cause malaria. That's what they say. But the amount of mosquitoes in Lagos is more than the human beings in Lagos. And if everybody 
is susceptible to malaria, everybody will be sick. Look! All he asked them to do was to look. Faith is to apprehend or appropriate what God already did in the cross. And that's why it's important for you to know what has been done already. Because faith begins where the will of God is known. You cannot believe for what you don't know. You cannot believe, you cannot ask God for what you don't know. That's why it's critical to know what has been made available. In John chapter 4 verse 10, Jesus said to that woman, If you know the gift of God, and you know him that is speaking to you, you would ask him of the water, the living water, and you would have given it to you. But you don't know. That's why you don't ask. You cannot ask what you don't know. If you don't know that healing has been made available for you, you wouldn't ask for it. Because you don't know it. First Corinthians 2, verse 11. It says, we have received the Spirit of God that we may know those things that are freely given to us. That one was saying, neighbor, say healing has been freely given to you. Freely. Freely. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to sow seeds for it. You don't have to pay tithe for it. Are you following my point? You don't have to pay tithe for it. Healing was given to us on the cross. But people have to know. Romans 10 verse 14. Give me NLT. Romans 10 verse 14. Give me NLT. Romans 10 verse 14. People need to know. Faith begins when the knowledge of God's will is known. Give it to me. Romans 10 14. NLT. How can they call on him? To save them. To save them. Unless they believe in him. Unless they believe in him. And how can they believe in him? How can they believe in him? If they have never heard about him. If they have never heard about him. And how can they hear about him? And how will they hear about him? Unless someone tells them. So the old emphasis of coming to church is to tell you about him. Is to increase your knowledge of him. If you come to church and all you get to church, you're getting church is excitement and all kinds of things, then you're getting it wrong. The core purpose of the church is to make sure that you are worded up. That you know what has been given to you. That you know what Christ did for you. That Christ paid the price. He paid the price. He paid the price. In, have you heard me say it in this church that I can never be sick till I die? Have you heard me say it before? Yes, you have heard me say it before? Yes, because I know Somebody would have said, ah, pastor, don't talk like that. Oh, ah, just be saying that it's by the grace of God. I said, but the grace of God has already appeared unto all. I am not praying for it. You see, I've said this, I've been saying this thing for over 20 years. There are people who waited for me and are already tired. I told you that story before. I had an accident. My wife and I were coming for a prayer meeting. We were in Kekenapep. We didn't have a car there. And I was sitting at the side. She was sitting in my middle, in between me and another brother. And the Kekenapep ran into an incinerator. You know an incinerator? Those mobile incinerators, people that carry refuse. I don't know where the guy was rushing to. He just ran straight into it. I know my, my instinct, we're not married then, my instinct was that you must protect this woman. You must. So, I, you know, I just remember, Johnny, Just, I just, I just, you must protect this woman. Some of you are going out with people that cannot even send you text message. Uh, don't let me go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. Off your mic. Can you have to beg for text messages? Tell me you love me. How can you tell me you love me? When last you tell me you love me? Oh God. Let me not go there, Abby. Let me off my mic. So I couldn't even shout Jesus. I didn't say Lord. All I did was to jump in front of her. So I was the one who had impact on the, on the iron. And they brought me out of the car, unconscious. I had my Bible in my hands. I was just saying, where's my Bible? Where's my Bible? Where's my Bible? Where's my Bible? I got my Bible. I was falling unconscious like that. But I could hear voices. Philip, 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 wake up, Philip, They were rushing my name, unconscious. They were shaking me. You know, the hearing... The hearing sense is the sense that goes finer. The last one that goes when a man dies. That's why doctors used to shout people's name. What's his name? Shout it. Gide! Gide! Because the person can hear. That's how God designed that. Everything will respond to voice. Respond to words. So, I didn't wake up until I got to the hospital. Some of you know the story already. As they wheeled me into the hospital, the doctor came in and they tried to explain to him what happened. That he must have eaten. He said, the doctor says, we must keep him here for at least 24 hours. The mo- I, I say to you under God, the moment the doctor said it, I jumped up. I said, never! 
I will never sit, sleep on a sick bed till I die. Everybody was shocked. How? Are you okay? I said, yes. Can we go home now? He said, we're trying to wake you up since. I said, yeah, but I'm awake now. Is this doctor up? Is that thing that he said? I had it. And it can never happen. They tried everything they could to hold me back. I said, never. I'm going. My pastor called. My pastor said, Philip, you have to take it calm. I said, I'm not taking it cool. I'm not I'm going now. In the name of Jesus. You people are not holding <laughs> you know, So they let me go. Let me go. Why was I like that? Because I had taken in so much of the truth. I am intoxicated. It is difficult to convince me that I'm sick. There was one day I was vomiting blood. My wife said, this blood. I said, out of your belly. That's the blood of Jesus. It's too much. It's coming out. I'm overloaded. I said, but you're running fever. Your temperature is hot. I said, there's fire shot up in my bones. How can a man carry fire and not be burnt? I said, it's the, it's the temperature. It's reaching. There's no way you can come. I was intoxicated. It's the, you know, you look as if you have mental problems. You're a fanatic. Say, this guy, but I'm telling the truth. I'll be like that. When we got home, my nose, my nostril, this um, skin that demarcates the, the both nostrils had cut off. We did not know, you know, out of the impact. Something must have cut it off. And so this thing was just shaking like that. I like to say that you can just enter this. It's like room and parlor. Enter our room, you can enter. When they're in. My wife said, We must go back. I said, Never. I will never go back. I went on my bed. I said, Lord. You brought the Red Sea back together. My nose is too small. My nose is smaller. If you can bring the Red Sea back together, this my nose is too small. So bring back my nose back together. I woke up the next morning. The nose was sealed, healed. No pain, nothing. Hallelujah. How did I get there? I took in the word. People must know. Number one, I must know that God is a healer. I will spend this morning on Tuesday. Number two, I must know his will. I must know that he is willing. Let's go to Matthew chapter 8. We're just going to enjoy this scripture together. Matthew chapter 8 in the New Living Translation. So media, you're going to help us run through this very fast. Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to run this through, and then we're going to read Mark, and I'm going to end this service. We're going to have our, is the communion ready? Matthew chapter 8, NLT. Okay, so everybody open your Bibles. Give us NLT. Let's enjoy the scripture. Matthew chapter 8. Look at that. The Bible says, large crowds followed Jesus as he came down. So I brought, I brought my NLT. My wife, my wife borrowed me away. Please, let me thank my wife, please. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy, follow this, approached him and knelt down before him. Said, Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Did you see that? What did he say? If you are what? Okay, so I don't want to miss you now. I don't want to lose you, church. I want to know that you are with me. Are you with me? All right. He says, if you are what? If you are willing, he says, you can heal me and make me clean so the man was saying that power is not your problem I know you have power I know you can do it but I don't know whether you are willing to do it look at what Jesus Christ said he says, Jesus reached out and touched him and said I am willing he said be healed and instantly the leprosy disappeared we are believing God for instant healings this morning in the name of Jesus he didn't even hesitate he didn't even hesitate he didn't even think about it he reached out his hands and touched him who touches a leper I mean, Jesus could have healed that guy with a word. He would have said, be healed in your body. But he touched him first. And I say all the time that Jesus knew that that man had not been touched for many years. His wife might have deserted him. His children might have deserted him. No, but you know, he was at a place in his life where he was not just physically sick. He was already emotionally sick. And Jesus wanted to heal him first emotionally before he healed him physically. He just touched him. Touched him. Touched him. And says, be healed. And says, go, tell, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and do that, blah, blah, blah. Verse 5. Verse 6, the Jesus Christ returned to Capernaum. See Jesus. When Jesus Christ returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. And said, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus Christ said, I will come and do what? So you see, Jesus Christ is very open to healing. People tell me, Pastor, my sister is sick. I say, I'll come. I'll come and heal it. I'll come and heal her. So I'll come. People tell me, my pastor, Pastor, my sister is healed of diarrhea. I'll say, I'll come. I'll come. I'll come. Come, I can travel, drive all the way down to lay hands on the sick. Jesus is very willing, he's very eager to heal the sick. It is religion that makes you feel as if you have to beg him and beg him and beg him. He said, I will come and heal him. Then the man said to him, but the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you in my house. Just say the word from where you are 
and my servant will be healed. See that? This man says, say, say the word, don't, don't bother to come. I know this because I'm, a, I'm under authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my own soldiers. I only need to say, go. So the man is a, is a soldier man. He knows whether Jesus Christ has, has authority over sickness. See, all you have to do is just say, Jesus Christ was so surprised. He said, hey. Verse 10. When Jesus Christ heard this, he was amazed. He turned to those who were following him and says, tell you the truth. I have never seen faith. So the man who says, pastor, say the word, is the one that walks in faith. Some people want you to come to the house. Pastor, come. Pastor, come. I say, let me present. No, pastor, come. Pastor, come. Pastor, come. Jesus says, the one that has the greatest faith is the one that says, don't bother to come. Just say the word. Just say the word. One of my friends, she, she couldn't have a child. She's tried, she couldn't have a child. So she called me. I was in Lagos. I was on the road. And she called me. I said, okay, would you mind if I get to a more comfortable place? Said, no, just say the word. Just say the word. I said, no, this place is noisy. He said, no worry, I can hear you. Just say the word. Say the word. Say it where you are. So I said, I declare, be fruitful. She said, amen. Don't say much. It's okay. In the name of Jesus. And she went. She gave out to twins. Clap now. Clap. It's okay. It's okay. Say the word. So Jesus, I said, I'm surprised. This is amazing. And then he prayed and said, go back home. Verse 13, your servant is healed. Verse 14, go to verse 14 quickly. Matthew 8, verse 14. When Jesus Christ arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law, for those of you that think that Peter wasn't married, he had a mother-in-law, was sick in bed with high fever. I suspect that this must be typhoid. High fever. Killer disease. High fever. Temperature running. The Bible says Jesus Christ touched her hands and the fever left her. And she got up and prepared meal for them. That evening, many demon-possessed people were coming from everywhere. He cast out the evil spirit with a simple command. Someone say simple command. Say now, say simple command. With a simple command, not loud noise, not too much. Simple command. Scrap out, 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 now. In the name of, out, in the name of Jesus. Out, out, now, out, in the name of Jesus. Out. Because it's the faith of the one that receives that matter. So God healed. Baptist, and he healed all the sick. Someone say all the sick. Say it again, say all the sick. All the sick. Jesus healed them. Jesus healed. Jesus has the capacity. There's a twitching sound on the stage. Jesus has the capacity to heal all the sick. Okay. Verse 17 says, Thus it is fulfilled the word of the Lord to the prophet Isaiah, who said, He took our sicknesses and removed our infirmities. Verse 23. Then Jesus Christ got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves beating the sea. And Jesus was sleeping. Someone said Jesus Christ was sleeping. Jesus Christ used to sleep in the midst of a storm. The rest is in the midst of a storm. He already gave his word. We are going to the other side. Because Satan will come to you in the, in the past. You see, you, this passage I'm telling you is very critical. Some of you are right there in your life right now. But what, why is this battle even fiercer than it used to be? You are in the passage. So there was no storm at the beginning of the journey. There was no storm at the end of the journey. There was storm in the passage. Passage where I was sleeping. It takes a lot of trust to sleep in the midst of a storm. Sleep. Verse they went to wake him up. Verse what? Remember verse? Verse what? Verse disciples went and woke him up. That's verse 25. Are you guys following me at all? Okay. Verse 25. And rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly all was calm. And disciples were amazed. They said, Who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? Verse 26. Now, you need to know this is just a chapter of the Bible we're reading. And you see how many people that Jesus Christ has healed in this chapter. One chapter. One chapter. Verse 28. Then Jesus arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of Gadarenes. Two men who were possessed by demons met him. They lived in the cemetery and were so violent that no one could go through that area. Have you seen mad people before? You know, we went to school in Ife. Oh, you. About my own university. You see the amount of mad people there. It's amazing. Mad, violent. Nobody can pass. If you don't pass there, somebody can even have cutlass. And the law of Nigeria means that anybody, somebody that is mad, anything they do, they do for free. That's how this man is. Nobody, and they were living in the cemetery. So they kill people, they bury them very fast. No need for the family to come and bury them. <laughs> Terrible devils. Terrible devils. They were living there in the cemetery. And they are not your old boys. Okay, let's go on. Hey. So the Bible says, <laughs> when they saw, <laughs> they began screaming, Why are you interfering with us, Son of God? Have you come here to torture us before our time? 
There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding in the distance. So the demons begged. You have never seen a demon begging before. Until they come under higher power. Demons can beg. That's it. They started begging. If you want to cast us out, at least send us into that herd of pigs. Jesus Christ said, all right, go. Jesus Christ commanded them. So the demons went out into that herd of pigs. So you see, demons chose pigs. You know, demons are very low life. Low life. Pigs. Boko Haram. You know, different things. That's where demons stays. Key. Ask for. And Jesus Christ says, this. So demons were begging. You can see the life of Jesus all through a whole chapter. Healing the sick. And so if you are sick in your body right now, Jesus is eager to heal you. Jesus is eager to heal you. He was eager to heal me. I've never seen one person that Jesus Christ turned back and said, don't worry, you come and you get your healing tomorrow. It's not possible. He never did that to anybody. He always healed the sick. Mark chapter 5, and I end with this. I'm going to emphasize this more on Sunday. I'm sorry, on Tuesday. Mark chapter 5 is the story of the woman with the issue of blood. The woman of the issue of blood is a very famous woman in the Bible because she took her healing. She took her healing without the consent of Jesus. You know, but Jesus Christ is a Higa healer. Somebody was sick in our church when we said to she, she was using glasses. She couldn't see. And there's nothing wrong with using glasses. Well, if you are using glasses, there's nothing wrong with using glasses. Charles, Hunter, Charles and Francis Alter, a couple. I don't know if you know Charles and Francis Alter. Anybody? Yes. Oh, who knows them? Charles Francis, one of the strongest healing ministries ever. Both of them use glasses. I mean, they go to the airport and get people healed from wheelchairs. And they're using glasses. So when I say, and you call yourself a healing minister, you are using glasses. Why are you using glasses? Say, because I can't see without them. <laughs> people use hearing aids, seeing aids. There's nothing wrong with this. But you can choose better. Mm, that's you can try to live on drugs. God can heal you through drugs. God is not against medicine. I've said before, God is not against medicine. Some people have, they have killed themselves because they, they, they started using faith that they have not matured to. Stop using your drug. One of my friends broke his glasses. You have to buy another one. <laughs> <laughs> grow in faith. Faith is like a mustard seed. You grow. Listen to me. The things I'm saying to you now, I didn't start it today. You have to understand. You see how I'm talking like this? I've been here for 20 years. That's like I'm talking like that. Stop it! 20 years. My voice is strong. Your voice might be like, hey, stop Stop it. <laughs> Amen. So grow your faith. How do you grow your faith? You feed the world. Feed. Put belly in the spirit. You show Satan is afraid. When you guys show, the Bible says the devils will afraid. Hey, hey, please, hey. So I didn't start today. People have, people have killed themselves. People who are supposed to go for CS. Say, no, nobody, no knife shall come for me. I'm a woman of a. Uh, I'm a. <laughs> you are a Yoruba woman. Say, I'm a woman. Hebrew woman. Hey, Yoruba woman. Let them do the CS. Let them do the CS. If you need faith to get it done, then you're already late. Yeah. One of my daughters in the Lord had um, tongue slides. Terrible one. Terrible tongue slides. And so she went to the hospital and they diagnosed her. And um, she was supposed to come for a surgery that was going to cost about 600000 She came to meet me. I said, what did the doctor say? Say, the doctor said, you have to do surgery. I said, come. Bring that neck. And the doctor is my friend. His name is Dr. Paul. And they had written down, you know, he's, he's in the marketing. Just like a yeah, king's you notice. Know they call it expanded income. You're written that name there. She's bringing 600000 surgery. So, the marketer was very happy. You can promote him. Or possibly his sickness. <laughs> so she came. So bring that in the name of Jesus. Ah, now, you're free. Go back. The doctor was the one that called my friend. Philip! I said, what? what did you do for? He said, do what? He said, the thing has gone. I said, yes. He says, where do we get our money from? I said, go to Calvary. If you reach Calvary, check the back of the cross. Jesus dropped the money for everyone's medical bills right there. I didn't start today. I just went to my tree and plucked the fruit because I planted the tree long before now. You don't wait for the day that you need the fruit to plant the seed. You are too late. I planted the seed. I've been planting the seeds that was on campus. I can never, I can never, I can never plant words, words, water the word, water. 
So now, the, the three giants. Some people who need healing can come to my house. I'll just go to my backyard, pluck the fruits, then give them. But they can't reproduce it because they have not planted. So you get my point. So if they say you need seeds, go for it too. If you die, it won't be happy. CS. If they say you need CS, if you come and say, Pastor, should I go for the surgery? I said, the fact that you're asking me means that you have to go for it. The fact that you can even come to ask me means that you need to go for that surgery. Go fast before you die. What was I saying if I got here? Eh? Eh? Eyeglasses, Abby. I'm talking about eyeglasses. There's a story. I wanted to go oh, my time to law. <laughs> eh? It's a blow. Yeah, because she took a healing. I love that woman because she took a healing. Give this to us, Mark. Pastor, inside a woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. 12 years, issue of blood. He had 12 years, issue of blood. That means she was oozing out blood for 12 years. I've seen people who's out blood. One of our church members said was oozing out blood for many years, for three years. Some people oozing out milk in their breasts. A woman was oozing out milk in her breasts for 25 years. Satan is a bastard. What was he doing with that milk? Useless devil. You see, you, just see, you see some people and you're wondering what is Satan gaining? By putting people in such torment. Terrible sickness all over the world. And I suffered many things of many physicians and I spent all that she had and nothing better but rather grew worse. Next verse. When she heard of Jesus, because faith comes by what? Faith comes. That's why we have to preach this thing over and over again. It's not because we don't have anything to preach. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. She heard about Jesus and she came in the press because Nigeria used to go about with press. Social media people were there. Behind are there snapping as he's healing the sick. They are criticizing Jesus, trying to look for evidence against him. You know that? When the multitude are following, the Bible calls them press. We still have press today. Some people's blog are press. Trying to look for mistakes in every pastor. Following every pastor's Twitter page, trying to look for mistakes. They are the press. But people are coming behind the press and they toss this garment. Next verse. What does it say next? Next verse. For she's there. What did she say? So if you look at the good news translation, who has good news translation? Who has... Um, Good news transition. What are good news? Good news. GNT. Stay. Hold it there. We're going to close this now. GNT. What does it say? Good news transition. What does it say? Do more. Help me. She did what? Saying to herself. She's saying. See, if he says she kept saying every day. If I, if I just touch, if I can just touch this guy, if I can just touch this guy, if I can just touch this guy, we'll talk more about this on Tuesday. Pastor Poju is a confession magistrate. You don't want to miss out on the 27th of, of, of May. Pastor Poju is a faith teacher to the core. You will live your change. I'm telling the truth. I've listened over, some things I'm doing now, I learned from him. A very insightful teacher. If you are not thinking of coming, I want to beg you in the name of Jesus. You know those demons, they beg you guys in the name of God. You see demons begging Jesus in the name of God? Bible says they beg him in the name of God. Demons begging in the name of God. <laughs> I'm begging you now. I'm not a demon. Ensure that you are in this place 6 p.m. on Friday. Pastor God, you'll be teaching on faith, confessions, all the things that will make your faith work. How does this faith thing really work? He will teach you that. Day. You see, I kept saying, if everybody starts, my friend had high blood pressure. High blood pressure. And I gave him sermons of Pastor Kenneth again. And he said, with his own mouth. He said, Pastor Kenneth again said, keep saying, keep saying. So he said, Philip has the anointing for healing. Philip has the anointing for healing. If I can get Philip to lay hands on me, I'll be healed. If I can get, and he said that for two weeks. If I can get Philip to lay hands on me, I'll be healed. If I can get Philip, he said it and said it and said it and he came to my office. He said, lay hands on me, I'm ready for my healing. Because his faith was steered. Lay hands on him. Bah! That was my blood pressure. Healed completely. Because he said it. The woman said it. If I may, if I may, if I may, if I may. Give it to me once again. What does it say again? Next verse. Quickly. If I'm able to touch, I will get well. She touched his cloak and her baby stopped at once. And she had the feeling inside her that she was healed of her trouble. Give it King James. Give me King James. She had the feeling inside her. You see, so she had faith before feeling. Car. You didn't get that. You missed it. Faith before People want to have feeling before faith. Faith before feeling. People want to have feeling. They want to have feeling of healing before they believe they are healed. She believed first before she felt it. When do you believe that you are healed? Before you are healed. When do you get healed? After you have believed that you are healed. Feeling before faith. Pastor, she was healed of her plague. Next verse, verse 30. And Jesus felt it in his own body too. 
that something had gone out of him. He turned about and says, who touched my clothes? So you see, Jesus Christ here was human. Hmm? You know why he was human? Jesus does not know who touched him. He didn't know who touched him. The Bible says he looked around. People say, ah, next verse. Everybody's touching now. He says, somebody touched him. The Bible says he looked around. And the disciples said to him, thou seest the multitude, strong in thee, and thou seest that who touched me. Next verse. And he looked around about to see her who had done this thing. Somebody did something. It's a touch of faith. It's a touch of faith. I've seen that before. A touch of faith. It will touch you. That was the touch I felt. And they had touched you. That there, something went around. Honestly, and when you came back and shared that testimony with me, I knew that was it. Touched it. Some people touched their like log of wood. Turn like this. Nothing is passing. Head like this, like coconut head. <laughs> you are touching like still touching stone. Nothing. Stay there, I beg. Next. Felt it. I felt. I touched you that day. I felt it right there. I said, I was looking for Iman. Where's the kings? Kings. And I, I just saw something grew. I, just, I knew something left me. I felt like that before. Bible says he said, "Who touched her?" Jesus. Bible says she began to tell Jesus everything that happened. He told him all the story. Now the story of Jairus was different because Jairus had invited Jesus to come and heal his own daughter. And then that woman began a testimony. The daughter of Jairus died when somebody else was sharing her own testimony. Ah, have you seen things die in your hands because people were sharing their own testimony, or people things die in your hands while people? We're sharing their own testimony. You are not getting me. Things that you were wondering that when we go do my own, why someone was sharing it in your own, your own became worse. This woman of issue of blood, her blood had been flowing for 12 years. Now, Jesus stopped the blood. And your own daughter's blood that had been flowing because she was also 12 years old. Her blood had been flowing for 12 years. Suddenly, her blood has stopped. So, Jesus Christ had to stop her blood and start another one. Oh, church. Ah! He says, Fear not. So, they came out from the house and say, Don't worry, the master again. Your daughter is dead. Don't trouble the master again. The moment they said that, Jesus Christ turned to me and said, Fear not. Stop that fear. Don't be afraid. There's no situation too terrible that Jesus. And I've seen it happen. As a guy who I believe God for, he has a terrible heart condition. Heart condition. The doctors are giving up on him. And the sister called me, Pastor. The doctor said, We should just take him up. I said, That boy will not die. That boy will not die. That boy will not die. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. God is able to do it. God is able. He has faith for it. You see, delivered. We have seen people who are on sick bed, left to die. And God touched them. I don't know whether you have siblings who are sick or you are here right here and you're sick. I have people sick, terrible pain, back, growth, you know, all kinds. Some of you might have growth in part of your body, you know, you're just there. And that growth is demilitarized now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. Is your faith. Is your faith. A girl jacked me one day. Say, Pastor, my brother has HIV. On the road. He said, pray now. I said, let's split later. He said, no, pray now. Pray now. My brother must not die of HIV. I held her hands, prayed on the road, on the road. And she called me back two weeks after. The HIV positive and now become negative. At least there's something you should be negative about when it comes to HIV. Stay positive, but not with HIV. Someone said, stay positive, <laughs> but not with HIV. So Jesus healed her. Infections. Blood infections. Jesus Christ healed her. Healed it. Because of faith. Yeah, people are sick in their body right now. I'm telling you, you can believe God for healing. Now, faith is. Now, faith is. Faith is now. Now, faith is the evidence of things not seen. Now. Healing now. Like I jacked up that is. Stop that. I'm healed. I'm healed in my body. I'm healed in my body. I'm healed in my mind. I'm healed in my soul. I'm healed right every part of my body. I'm healed. And there are several testimonies to that. A lady couldn't have a child. Shared that one before. Brought a friend for me to pray for. A friend had five, five years couldn't have a child. We've seen people who have child, who have child for 10, 15 years, and God has helped us get them, get them, get them, get a child. And she said, I don't have a child. Let me bring my 
Bring the communion out. Bring communion out now. Couldn't have a child. People couldn't have a child. Believing God for a child. So she brought a friend for me to pray for. And I was sharing my testimony with her. And I said to her that in my father's house, we have an antecedent of waiting. People don't have children. My other brother waited for seven years. Seven years without a child. My other sister was waiting on her eighth year without a child. So everybody had imagined that I was also going to face the same thing. I was going to have a child when I married. And I said that story. My wife went to our office. Somebody came who was a very popular prophet who prophesied. I said she may not have a child for whatever reason. But I got hungry. And I said, stop that again. You foul devil. <laughs> there shall not be anything barren in my house. You know the rats in my house were even getting food. I bought Indocid. Did everything. But they were living under a blessed covering. Nothing could stop them. They could not be caused. They could not be poisoned. If they drink any deadly thing, it wasn't able to hurt them. Because they were under my covering. God says, no evil shall befall thy dwelling. Everyone in your house is covered. Whether they are saved or unsaved. So I said, no. And my wife and I had said it. I wasn't going to have children for six months. We wanted to enjoy ourselves as a couple. But when she said that, that person said that. It was about three weeks into our wedding. I was very angry. I said, you know what we're going to do now? She said, yes. I said, enter that bedroom. We are getting pregnant tonight. This night. I want to show that prophet something. So my wife got pregnant. We had our first child at the 10th month of our wedding. We call her name Faith. You know, Lua Jadi. Came out from God. Faith. We had a second one. And we said we're not doing it anymore. I said I was doing it. My wife said she wanted to do it. I said I was not doing it anymore. So, so I stopped it. Stopped it. If I could start it, I could stop it. Stop it. No family planning. Nothing but no baby. I stopped it. If I could start it, I could stop it. Because two of us have to agree. So I agreed with my wife to have, a, to have another child. So we agreed. So we have a child. So I said, okay, so I said it's time. Last year I said it was time. I said it was time to have another child. I told her, I said, I said, okay, 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 don't worry. You have a child this year. Started. Now, we were not using any kind of family plan, any kind of protection whatsoever, and there was no child. But I stopped it. I said I was done. And she went to the bedroom, and she saw that she was pregnant. She checked it. She saw she was, she was pregnant. She checked it. She saw it. She made up my she was not going to tell me. She said, I will not tell you. I was packing, and I saw her that she had gotten it in my car. So I packed. I called her. I said, you're pregnant. She said, how did you know that? I said, I saw you. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm a supernatural man. And every believer is. You see, you don't know what you have. That's why I live a very ordinary life. How can you be barren? You that the Holy Ghost lives inside you. The Holy Ghost that made Mary pregnant without a child, without an husband. No husband, and she was pregnant. That was the Holy Ghost, the same Holy Ghost. Got somebody pregnant without an husband. You are now with husband and you are barren. Impossible. Never be barren. Study, stop it, study. Stop it, study, stop it, study, stop it. <laughs> so if you're having problems with having children, you can start it right now. Don't wait tonight. Don't wait tonight. If you're watching online, you're praying with having or um, babies. Don't wait tonight. After the service, resume immediately. The anointing is here right now. Don't waste tonight. Start now. Clear out. Clear out. They're coming. And you give it to our hearts. The devil is a bastard. What you have in you is a godly seed. I'm not playing. I told my wife. I told my wife when they said she couldn't have a children. You see, this is before our eyes. My brother had waited. It's not a mystery. We saw it. My brother waited for seven years. My, my sister was waiting for seven years. For eight years. Pray. I, I clear out. Fire! Clear up! If you're not careful, you give out to four, you four once. There's no sickness that Jesus cannot heal. Back pain. Asthma. Where's that lady? Where's Rejoice? We just said our testimony here. Rejoice, where are you? Rejoice, wave your hands. Asthma, Abby. Ulcer. She shared it. I had ulcer for five years. I was sharing this and she sat down in that place and said, I receive my healing now. 
in the name of Jesus. And an ulcer that's been for five in September last year. He's not had one single pain. Right here. Celebrate Jesus. Right before you are the very blood and the body of Jesus. The Bible says it's causing life. He said the life of an animal is in the blood. The life of an animal is in the blood. If you take it in now, this body cannot squat with cancer. This body cannot squat with ulcer. The body of Jesus, and that's my philosophy, that's my own belief, that if he healed me, and he lives inside of me. If they say Jesus lives inside of me, how can he be living inside of me with fibroid? How can the master of the universe is living in my body? The Bible says your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So it is your body, not even your spirit. A strong faith. I can share testimony and testimony and testimonies. But I'll continue on Tuesday. Praise the Lord. Rise on your feet. Rise off. Okay, okay, wait, wait. I want, I want to make a call. Please sit down first. If you are in this place today and you have not known Jesus, you have not known Jesus. You've been coming to church, you may know church, you may know church folks, but you don't know Jesus. You want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. Pray for me. I want to know Jesus. I want to meet him. Right here. All eyes closed, all heads bowed. I want to call you now. Right here. You want to say, Pastor? I have been in church, I've been coming to church, but I want to know Jesus. I like the way you are talking. I want to be able to talk the way you are talking. Talk about Jesus. Talk about what he does for me. Talk about what he's doing for me. The way you are talking. Right? Every eyes closed, please. Every head's bowed. No distractions whatsoever. No distractions whatsoever. This is the most critical part of this service. Everywhere you are, whether you are watching online, you want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want you to lift up your right hands. Lift up your right hands above your head. I want to pray for you where you are. Where you are. You want to say, Pastor, please, I'm coming. I want to come, I want to know Jesus. I have not known him like I should know him. And I know that if I know him, I will be blessed. I will be changed. My life will not remain the same again. My life will not remain the same again. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. I want to take this call one more time. You are here today. You want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I am away from home. Or maybe you used to know Jesus before you walked away from him. And now you feel dry. You feel far away from him. You want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to come to know him again. I want to feel his presence again. In my life and in my heart. I want to feel it again. Lift up your hands. Your right hand. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Anyone like that? But there's someone at the back there. Any other person? Anybody here at this place? You want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. Yeah, anyone here? Anyone here? Lift up your right hand. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I have another one there. One, two. Yes. Any other person? I'm going to give one more, one more minute. Thought. There's one person, one person there. So I have three people. Anybody person? Another person? All right. If you lift up your right hand, please rush out here. I want to pray with you right now. Right here. Right now. Come on here. Come on here. Come. 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 Come and join me. I saw the three of you. Lift up your hands. Come. Just come. I want to pray with you. I want to hold your hands and take you home with me. Care about those so friendly. Come out. Come out. Jesus died to set you free. So come out. There's somebody who needs to know Jesus today. You've known him before and you've lost touch with him. I want to say, Pastor, please. Pray for me. I want to know Jesus again. Oh, what a joy. What a joy. What a joy. What a joy to know Jesus. What a joy to walk with him. What a joy. What a joy. If you are still in the auditorium, you want to come up, please. This is your time. You don't want to waste our time. Pastor, pray for me. I want to know Jesus. Pastor, pray for me. I want to know Jesus. Pastor, pray for me. I want to know Jesus. Let's wait for her to come forward. Thank you. I want to know Jesus. He died for me. I want to come back home. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Church, I want you to stretch forth your hands to this ones who pray for them. Say after me, say, Lord Jesus. Say it again, say, Lord Jesus. I've come to you today. I cannot save myself. You can save me. And so I've come to you. Write my name in the book of life. Forgive me of my sins. I declare today that you're my Lord and my personal Savior. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Can we celebrate them, please? Can we celebrate them? Come on. You should be doing better than this. Come on. The Bible says that there's joy in the heaven over just one soul. Over just one soul. What's going on in heaven right now? So much joy. So much joy. Welcome. Welcome. So there's a sister right there. Okay. Someone here is going to just talk to you for a brief 
moments in the next one, two minutes, we'll be back in city. Let's celebrate them as they go, please. Let's celebrate them again. Thank you. All right, we're going to pray over this communion. Um, we're going to send it around. You know, you're going to do it. Just sit down. Let them take it sitting down. So you stand at that place. You stand on this junction. So we're going to do this in five minutes. All right, Father, we receive this blessing of your bread, blessing of your blood, and we call it dawn in the name of Jesus. As this goes into everyone's system, I declare that every sickness is healed in the name of Jesus. Every every kind of fever, every kind of pain, every kind of bone conditions, blood conditions, infections, I come against in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We take it in faith in Jesus' precious name. Thank you for listening to this message. Meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 0807-548-5997. You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at SLChurchNG. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church.